Next on BYU Sports Nation, new football rule changes from the NCAA, what it means for kickoffs. Blaine Fowler just wrapped up an impressive set of preacher curls, and he will join us in Studio B today. Who is his starting quarterback for the Cougars as of today? And what Forbes says BYU has in common with UCLA and Cal. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play in Studio B. It is Monday, April 16th. What is good? I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is running the Boston Marathon today in his house. So I'm teamed up with a man who would rather lift than run, Jason Shepard. Hey, I run from one bench to the next. <laughs> you're the sprinter? It's sprinting. It's you're the, sprinting. You're the sprinter it's the short in, the, bursts. in the weight room? Yes, yeah, the short bursts that I think really put you in the, uh, the cardio uh, shape that you need to be in. Here's what I do appreciate about you. You don't just lift. You actually do get on the treadmill. Oh, I spend the, the first 45 minutes of my, of my workout That's longer than I on an exercise total. bike. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great, because uh, not everyone does that. Yeah. Uh, you at least work your legs in some manner. But shout-out to my Uncle Chris, who, as we speak, uh, is running a 752 split in the Boston Marathon. I'm getting text Why updates. are we not calling him and talking to him live right now? Because it sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be a little too breathy. But it would be... But I mean, good luck to my yes, Uncle Chris. good luck. Good and everyone luck. running the Boston Marathon, of course, kind of the, uh, the top marathon here. In the U.S., uh, shout out to the Critical Mass in uh, Boston and New York. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The NCAA Basketball Selection Committee is now changing how non-Power 7, yeah, yeah, Big East and American, leagues schedule. Add that to the new West Coast Conference scheduling with two extra non-conference games. It's going to be more difficult to schedule well in hoops. Add to that the Cougars' independent football schedule, which I'm a huge fan of, as you know, which is increasingly difficult. Now we have a schedule off. Jason, which BYU sport is more difficult to schedule, football or basketball? This is an interesting question because I, I think there would, you could certainly look at basketball and say, well, there's more games you have to schedule, so that adds a degree of difficulty. Plus now with the added importance of who you schedule, it should be basketball, right? Well, I'm still going with football. But look, you have less games to get the schedule right and impress. If it's too hard and you lose, you're in trouble. If you're going to hear it from me. <laughs> you're going to hear from Jerem. If it's too easy, then you don't get the credit for the wins. You say, oh, well, you won so many games, but you didn't play anybody. So it's kind of a, is a no-win no situation. Also, when you look at the way football schedules, BYU football has scheduled games in the late 2020s. You know what I mean? Have, are, are we into the 2030s yet? Don't we have a, a schedule in like 2030? I'm trying to remember. I, but anyway, I mean, we're talking like 10 plus years out that BYU football has games. BYU fo- basketball doesn't have that. It's, it's, you're scheduling a couple of years out. So you have... Maybe. You have less... To, to know about these teams now, you're kind of guessing on these teams. You, you know less about them, so I think that adds a degree of difficulty. So I, I still think it's football. There are two games scheduled in 2030. Uh, <laughs> I North, thought there was. North Carolina State to open the season and then Virginia Tech, So both at home. So there's a pretty good chance that the quarterback that BYU 
will face in that game is what six <laughs> right now? Yeah, <laughs> if they start a freshman, if it's if it's uh, Taysom Hill senior year, he's twelve. That's crazy. It's football. It's football. You have twelve games. You've got to nail it, like you said. Six at home, zero conference games. So you, Tom Homo doesn't walk into the year and go, well, sweet, the league's going to set up X amount for me. BYU's chosen not to have a conference. So to try and find balance is really difficult. Also add into the fact that, like you mentioned, all the things involved, but money. Yeah. You've, it's like if you miss on a uh, whatever home game and hoops, different financial situation, then we couldn't sell the tic- tickets or enough hot dogs or cougar tails at LaBelle Edwards mm-hmm. Stadium for that home schedule. Now, this year is a unique one because BYU's got a crazy road schedule, and then at home, it's, it's, not, it's nothing to write home about per se, although Cal's quality, uh, and then that's your Power 5 game at home, and then you've got some interesting ones. You hope to take care of business at home and then win a few road games. So I, I say football, but basketball is certainly tougher now. Yeah, Well, no question, and I'm really interested – and excited to see, especially after we talked with Dave Rose last week and he was talking about other P5 teams. It's the most conversation he's had with P5 teams in terms of scheduling in Talk the last couple nice. of years. Let's actually get these Yes, yeah, so I'm scheduled. curious to see right. where this where this you know ultimately falls. Over the weekend, Jerem, senior linebacker Matt Hadley tweeted out that he has been awarded a medical hardship and he will be able to return to the football team for the upcoming season. Hadley said on Twitter, quote, Beyond grateful to announce that I have one more year to play the sport I love at BYU football. Also this, and my wife and I will have a new fan in the stands in October. Baby number one on the way. Thank you to everyone at BYU, that's right, who helped me get this year back. First and foremost, congratulations on the baby news. Secondly, Jerem, what does the news of Hadley returning do for your expectations for the BYU linebackers this year? Nothing. I think he's a better safety than he is linebacker. BYU put him at linebacker because Francis Bernard uh, was was deemed ineligible or wasn't going to play for whatever reason uh, before the season. So I'm hoping that Matt Hadley actually is in the secondary. But let's uh, and Hadley, by the way, did practice all of spring ball. Yes, he was involved uh, with BYU football, so he was ready. Should uh, he get cleared, and he did. Now let's talk about the linebackers for a second. Fieldside or flash? Zane Anderson, Morgan Unga, maybe Matt Hadley's in there. Okay, so you need some new guys to emerge there. Zane Anderson making the switch from safety. Mike or middle linebacker. Butch Pau, Christian Falau, Johnny Tapuso. That position's solid. Boundary or bow. Hisioni Takitaki back in his natural position. Isaiah Kafusi making some plays in the spring game. Hercule Latu, a young guy, uh, third string kind of there. So I like the linebacking group. Butch Pau has to lead this group. Well, look, no position. You, do you ever say, yeah, we've got an, uh, enough depth? You want? I would say that at running back right now for BYU <laughs> and but, quarterback. But you will, take, you will take as much depth as you can possibly get. Guys that can play. This is a guy that has starting experience. This is a guy that, as you mentioned, has been involved in the scheme and everything that's been running during spring. So any change all three years. Yeah, yeah, in all three years. Yeah. But I mean, you know, any changes that they've made, he's been on top of it because he has been practicing in spring. I, I just I don't think there's any way you don't look at this as anything but a positive. To be able to have a guy that has starting experience, has been able to get the reps, that knows the system and can help out with depth. That's what separates good teams from the others is guys, teams that have that depth, that the second and third string guys can come in and play at a high level. This, this is not a bad thing at all for BYU. I think if BYU puts Zane Anderson out there, Butch Powell, and 
uh, Matt Hadley. That's a pretty undersized group of linebackers. Like I, I, I would think that perhaps Hadley could be a better safety. Uh, Troy Warner and Diane Gonwoloku now safeties. We'll see whether maybe corner. I don't know. We'll see her where he fits. But he can go wherever you wherever you want. The best time to not make a splash with a news item announcement is Friday afternoon. <laughs> so naturally, the NCAA announced Friday afternoon a few approved rule changes this coming season in college football. Among them, the change uh, for the ability of a receiving team on a kickoff to fair catch the kick inside the 25 and start at the 25, essentially make it a touchback. Jason, do you like the new NCAA football kickoff rule? Look, I- I'm indifferent on this. Do I like it? It's It's fine. Would I have liked it if nothing changed? Yeah, I would have been fine with that too. I totally understand where sports is going. We've seen this over the last couple of years. Every league is looking to make things safer on the field, on the court, whatever the case may be. This is certainly a rule that will do that. I think this is a step. It's a very early step towards ultimately eliminating kickoffs altogether. I think we're going to get to that point at some day. But can we just call this what it is? BYU is probably responsible for spurring this on. Do you want to know why? Can we just call this the Braden L. Bakri rule? Mm-hmm. Let's call it that. Can we just, I mean, seriously. More on that coming up. <laughs> I mean, this, this, that was a prime example of probably what they're like, yeah, that, that we can't have that. No, not, that not that Braden did anything illegal. It, had, it, it was, was too legal. It was, it was very legal. It was awesome. But, yeah, that's just, that's. I'm indifferent. It was fine. I understand the whole safety angle, though. There were other rule changes, none of which really matter, so we're not even going to tell them to. If you want to, look them up, whatever. I Yeah, I, whatever is my reaction to this. It's Okay. Uh, here's the thing. You eliminate potentially a big play if you fair catch this, but you get it out to the 25. There's nothing more frustrating than a guy catching the ball in the end zone and running out and not getting back to the 25. So it's like, wait. You just lost yards for making the attempt. But that's the risk in coming out. So you fair catch a ball, um, and you don't take any steps, and you get the ball out. Look, if we're going to change rules in college football, let's change the rule of pass interference to the NFL rules where it's a spot foul. Oh, oh, I don't like the spot foul. Oh, I, I love, love it. the 15. No, I, I hate it because then it gets defense to say, hey, I'll just go ahead and hold this guy because I'm only going to give up 15. It's 15 yards. Yeah. I don't that like is it. A bi- that's a big reward. I don't, I don't like it. Spot foul's redonkulous. No, I love it. Fourth that's... and 28, just throw it up. Get a Play spot good foul. defense. Don't interfere. 15 yards, dude. Stop. Top-seeded BYU men's volleyball takes on number 6 seed USC Thursday night in the semifinals of the MPSF tournament, which, by the way, you can see on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time. Over the weekend, however, the number one team in the land, that being the 49ers of Long Beach State, they were upset by Hawaii in five sets. Well, well, well. Indeed. Jerem, does the Long Beach State loss at Hawaii increase your expectations for BYU Volleyball's NCAA championship hopes? It shows that Long Beach State is vulnerable, but I thought they were vulnerable anyway. BYU didn't play Long Beach State. Like Long Beach State played a tough schedule. They had been uh, unbeaten, 24-0, finally lost at Hawaii, which is a tough place to win. BYU, by the way, won both. At Hawaii, just a note of interest in this. Uh, no, I saw BYU with my own eyes at Ohio State beat Long Beach State, who was the number one team in the semifinals last year. I think BYU's got a shot. This team has not been as consistent as uh, the previous two BYU teams, but the Cougars, one seed in the league. Should they win the tourney, they get the auto bid, likely an at-large bid. Uh, I say no. This doesn't change anything for me that much. Yeah, it doesn't change anything for me. Certainly, you'd like to see a team 
ahead of you lose because, as you mentioned, it shows vulnerability. But when it comes, but to, not much. No, one loss right, all yeah, year in yes, five. Yes, come but on. But hey, if you're gonna, if you you want them to lose, maybe lose late. It shows maybe they start to question themselves. Who knows? It or could maybe be Gonzaga just, losing to BYU or, yeah. helps them get or, into the yes, final four. Yes, it does the opposite. The pressure's off. It spurs them on. Right. But when I think of BYU men's volleyball, I just expect them to have a chance to win the national championship because that's what they do. May 5th, we're going to be at the Fan Fest in Phoenix. That afternoon at 4 o'clock in L.A. Mm-hmm. at UCLA. BYU's probably going to play Long Beach State in the national championship. You're going to take a Learjet from one to the other. I wish. Like an hour, If right? someone's got one and they can get me to L.A., <laughs> that'd be great. Jason, uh, the BYU baseball team dropped two of three at Portland over the weekend. The Cougars now seven and eight in league play. Four more series to go. Two at home, two on the road. The top four teams in the league make the conference tournament. Is BYU baseball in danger of not making the West Coast Conference tournament? Look, if we're having this discussion, say you know, in two more weeks with only two series left, I would say yes. But as you said, there are four West Coast Conference series left for BYU. They're only a game and a half back, fourth in the conference. You've got to just be top four to go to the tournament. Here's another positive thing for BYU. If you look at the schedule, the teams that are ahead of BYU right now still have to play each other in large part. So there will be opportunities to climb if... The Cougars can play better. That, that's the bottom line with BYU baseball right now. BYU has got to find a way to be better. They're, they're making some mental mistakes right now. Um, the, the hits that we saw last year with, say, runners in scoring position, the, the big hits at the opportune times, those right now are not happening for BYU. So this team has got to play better, though, in order to take advantage of those opportunities. I'm with you. I think it's a little early to say, is BYU in danger? Look, they've got to play better. So, yes, they are in danger of missing the tournament. They're like a game and a half back, if you will. They're only four teams above 500 in league. Those are the four teams in position to make that tournament. But there's 12 league games left. That's a lot of time. There's enough time. To make up some ground. But will this pitching staff continue to be consistent outside of Jordan Wood? Will uh will the BYU batting lineup uh show up every game and uh, bring it? Losing two of three at Portland is tough. That's a team that typically BYU has been able to go in and, and win series against. So good luck to the Cougars who this week, by the way, don't play a conference series. They play at Arizona tomorrow, which is a really big game. And the next four Tuesdays, BYU's playing a team from the Pac-12 on the road. Yeah, at Arizona tomorrow, then no games till the following Tuesday, taking on Utah. Then they'll get into their next uh, conference series. Pal and Stanford on Tuesdays as well. So big things coming for BYU baseball. Good luck to the Batcats to uh, climb into the top four. Not far out of it. Hey, countdown to the Wildcats, one day away. (laughs) How about that? Yes, they're setting the stage for the football (laughs) team coming up September 1st. Our question of the day, which BYU sport is more difficult to schedule Football or basketball? Why? At USU Coug 11, probably football. It seems like it has been tough to find that balance of playing tough opponents, but not making the schedule too hard. Yeah, I, I think it's too hard. Like, I don't see why. Oh, is would, that how you feel? What? I don't see why you would schedule so tough that you don't give yourself a chance to get to a 9-10 plus win season. It's hard to know way out in front how good a team's going to be. Basque, I mean, literally, BYU has a team scheduled 12, two teams, 12 years in advance. Basketball's like mostly a year in advance, maybe two. Coming up, what's the chance the new BYU basketball assistant coach will be a name we haven't thought of? Mm. And who does Blaine Fowler think gets the starting QB nod if BYU played today? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
BYU baseball faces the Arizona Wildcats tomorrow night in Tucson. You can listen at 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on our question of the day, which is this. Which BYU sports more difficult to schedule, football or basketball? At Cougar Stats. Love this account. There's a reason why football games get scheduled out 15 years in advance like Virginia Tech and NC State in 2030. And it ain't because it's easier than basketball. Yeah, I agree with that. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. Yeah. You ain't saying ain't. What? What? Uh, Let's welcome in uh, a man who recently saw the uh, popular musical Hamilton. Hamilton. His name's Blaine Fowler. What's up, Blaine? How was it? Oh, my goodness. It's about George Hamilton, right? No. Billy Hamilton of the Cincinnati yeah. Reds. And I've been playing some yeah. golf, and I still don't have a kind of tan that George Hamilton has. <laughs> but He's the extra crispy This turn. is our boy Alexander Hamilton. And, man, it, and I had seen it in New York. Brendan and I saw it in New York a few months ago. Uh, and it's still in Salt Lake City. That First of all, Eccles Theater is unbelievable. And, and secondly— It's the most unbelievable thing about the U. Yes, but it's not at the U. It's downtown. Oh, okay. So we don't have to give any credit to the university at all. Okay. For this beautiful sure. theater, although the Eccles have donated a lot of money to the university, they also donate to the arts. So, um, it, you guys, if you haven't seen Hamilton, it is unbelievable. I've not seen it. I would like and to and, it. and yeah. it's it's a history lesson. We're taking tickets. It's a by musical. The way. You can, uh, tweet it's, at Jerem Jordan or just yeah. No, it. You guys, <laughs> even if you don't like musicals, you go to Hamilton, you'll go. Wow, you, you that, that was awesome. I like musicals. You, you don't? Like, What's your I, favorite musical? Uh, ooh. We'll get into that another time. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even think no, of it. Okay. <laughs> Sound of Music, Grease, The Greatest Showman. Okay, okay, The Greatest Showman's not technically a musical because it's a movie. What? So it's a screenplay. But it could be adapted to a musical and it would be good. Easily, yeah. 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 What are you talking about? Not a musical. This, this is Musical Sports Nation. Blaine Fowler's <laughs> on the program. Our question of the day is this. Uh, which BYU sport's more difficult to schedule, football or basketball? What do you think, Blaine? To me, it's not even close. It, it, football is much more difficult. In, in basketball, you're in a league, so you have a big portion of your schedule already done. Um, preseason, everybody's scheduling preseason. With the changes that the selection committee has made in, in recent years for NCAA tournament, all of a sudden, the big pro, even the biggest of programs, you know, they – the NCAA Selection Committee has their attention. They're going, you better schedule better in the preseason. You better play some quad one away games. And so, so BYU, I feel like if, if these programs are listening, and I think they are, that, that BYU is going to be able to schedule some big-time teams at home. And certainly BYU is in there. You know, we know they just announced not that long ago that they're going to play the Maui Classic. They can play in preseason um, big-time tournaments against big-time opponents. BYU now has incentive. Um, as we've seen St. Mary's get left out last year, that they know that they have to schedule up. The Zags know that they have to schedule up. So everybody has this mindset in college basketball that they've got to schedule up. So that's – BYU's fine scheduling for basketball. Now, football, that's a different story. As you guys have mentioned, when you're not in a league, um, it's difficult. And you do it years and years and years in advance, and you have a difficult time scheduling teams that are in leagues late in the season. So BYU's schedule always seems to be front-loaded. You know, are they ready enough when they don't have a returning starting quarterback to play against the kind of schedule they had last year? Obviously not. 
Um, and so it's very difficult to balance that schedule out. Now, I, I like this next year's schedule. We just looked at it. If you were watching on TV, we just looked at that. It's a little more balanced, although it's not balanced home and away. Not at all. It's the most imbalanced independent. Right, in, in, in terms in of regard. home and away. But in terms of the games they play throughout the season, they have Utah at the very end of the season. Boise they, State in the Boise November. State toward the end. They have Utah State later. So there's a little more balance in terms of degree of difficulty where there's a couple of teams that they should be able to beat sprinkled in amongst the tough ones where last year they came out of the gate and it was just like, hey, why don't we play seven crazy games to start the season? And then by the time we play teams that we should be able to beat, we don't have anybody left because we got 37 guys hurt. So it is a difficult task. I'm glad I'm not Tom Homo. That, that, that's a tough one. And I don't know that it that gets any easier. Um, you have to have this balance where you schedule at least five. You have to schedule five wins. Then you have to hope that in the other six to seven games – there's another winnable game or two to get you bowl eligible, and that's kind of the mindset you have to have. You have to schedule yourself five wins. I feel like they've done that next year. I feel like there's six wins on the schedule that if they don't, it's going to be because they're really injured again. Um, so they'll be bowl eligible again next year. But it's a tough home-and-away schedule. It, it is very difficult to schedule. Well, in order to prepare for the upcoming schedule, BYU just wrapped up a little over a week ago spring football what were your takeaways, and, and we'll talk specifically about the quarterback in a second, but just your overall takeaways on spring for BYU? Well, for, for BYU, one of the things that they lacked last year was discipline, where they had too many mistakes on the field, they had assignment errors. You know, we do that the show after further review. It seemed like eight, nine weeks into the season, we were pointing out the same errors, containment defensively, same mistakes running routes offensively. Um, and so Kalani recognized that as they analyzed the season, and there was a huge emphasis in spring ball on execution and accountability. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, you will watch standing next to your coach, and that coach might be in your ear for a period of time. And so I was, I was impressed with the way they chose to emphasize that, and then I watched with that, you know, the game plan in terms of the mentality of how they would coach this team this spring and moving into the fall played out on the practice field in spring. I was at almost every practice during, during spring and a high, high level of accountability and discipline. To me, that's BYU's differential advantage. Not they're going to be more athletic. They're not going to be faster than the teams that they play. I think they can be very, very physical, a la Stanford. Um, but, but Stanford's other differential advantages, they get really smart kids and they out-execute everybody. They out-execute Oregon and USC, even though they don't have the speed that those teams have. To me, that has to be BYU's MO. That's, that's what they have to be. They got away from that last year. I think Kalani is trying to fix that, and that's what I saw in spring ball, and I like it. Okay, if BYU played today, who's your starting quarterback? Obviously, Tanner Mangum, not full go yet. So we, so we don't know. So we can't even count him until yeah. we see where, where he at. He has the most experience, obviously. You'd love for him to rise to the top and be full go in the fall. but we So we not, we're not going to count him. Just, we just don't Like know. today. If it's in right. a few weeks, he says he's full go. Yeah, and then, but we'll see. Even when he is full go, how, full go means you're cleared. Does that mean he's full speed and he can move around the way he used to move around? That's, that's what we'll wait to see with Tanner. And can he grab the leadership mantle back again? Because when you're not really playing and you're just sparingly being used, that kind of passes on to someone else. Um, I, I think it's, it, you're gonna, guys are going to go, what? Joe Critchlow was the most consistent guy in, in spring ball. ball. And so if I had to play right now, I feel like I just want to put the guy out there that's going to make the fewest mistakes because mistakes will kill you at that position. Um, I was really impressed with Zach Wilson. His skill set, his mechanics are really good. Um, but Robbie Bosco and I stood next to each other through a lot of practice. So there's two guys that played that position. We know what it looks like. as if We both got out on the field as freshmen. 
and it, it looks like this. And if you're watching on the radio, you don't know what I'm doing, but it's just a bunch of people flying around, and you think you're great as a freshman, but you're not. And I think it slows the progression of a player if he has to play and carry a team as a freshman. I would really like, as skilled as he is, for him to be able to watch for at least a year and get some spot playing time and to be developed the way you're supposed to develop quarterbacks. You throw a freshman in there, you have ups and downs, and you risk hurting that freshman's progression. He's too good to do that with. And that sounds crazy, doesn't it? I hope that he's patient enough to understand that the best thing to do is to watch and let somebody else do it unless he's forced into play. What questions, if any, were answered for you in spring? Um, I, this whole thing about accountability. And I was really curious to see what was going to roll out with a running back position. Because that was a big position for me. I, I feel like they have enough bodies back on defense, especially along the D-line, that they can be really good defensively. Offensively, I knew that the offensive line would take a step forward because they had bodies last year. They were just young, and those guys are bigger and stronger and faster. I think we'll see a big push up front. The talent's a year older, and they're going to be really good up there. Tight ends are healthy, with the exception of Moroni, but I think he will be healthy. So my big question was quarterbacks, which we've talked about, and then at the running back position, can they find an every down back? So they don't tip their hat before the play even happens to the defense by who walks out of the huddle and lines up. There's some specialists. There's a lot of specialists. And that's what they they had to do that last year by necessity. So a guy comes out and defensively is going, oh, this is the guy that's in the game. So these are the three plays that they run with this guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the outside running guy. So play the edge. Oh, this is the guy that they bring in to catch passes. So it's an 85% chance that they're going to throw. I know that Jeff Grimes is looking for an every down guy, and I feel like Katoa – Oh, man, he, he could be the guy. Zach Katoa is the every-down back in your brain. He, he can be the every-down guy. Is he the only one, or do you think there's more? I, I think Squally has developed his catching out of the backfield. There's going to be more depth at that position, and some guys that you know we didn't think about about Zach last year because he was running on the prep team and right. tearing was, up BYU's defense on the prep He was being redshirted on purpose. But he can do everything. He can run downhill inside. He has enough speed to get to the edge, and he'll bounce it if you don't contain the edge. He's got really good vision. He can block. He can pass protect. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's the kind of guy like Harvey. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's Harvey Younger yet, right? But from a skill set perspective, he's the kind of guy that could be like Harvey or like Curtis Brown, where you play him every down, and the defense doesn't have any idea what you're doing based on what running back is in the backfield. Now, that's a nice thing to have, and I know that that Jeff would like to have that. We'll see if he can continue to develop through fall. If he can, he's going to be a big difference maker for BYU. The word we've heard a lot from Jeff Grimes and others is multiple, and with personnel, it'd be nice to be multiple with those guys, too. Over the weekend, uh, some announcements from the NCAA regarding some rule changes. You can fair catch a kickoff and get it back uh, like, a, like a touchback out to the 25. What do you think of that rule? A complete rule based on safety. And, and it, for some teams, it doesn't make any difference. I was, I was reading an article about, from Kirby Smart at Georgia, and he goes, we just tell our kicker to kick it out of the end zone every time anyhow. So who cares? BYU has not had that idea. They've been trying to pin now, teams. They have players, guys. Right? Now here, here's people are like, why doesn't BYU kick it out of the end zone? They have guys that can kick it out of the end zone. They have the last couple of years. They certainly can do that. But, but Ed Lamb's philosophy has been, no, I want a 4.3, 4.5 hang time. I want to land inside the five-yard line, and I want him to have to return it because I want net kickoff. We want to be in the top five in the country. He doesn't you, want to give them yards. Like, he doesn't he, think he, they're He wants get. them to start yeah. at the 15 and or the BYU 18. BYU was good at this. They were top Very 20. good at it. So for B, this has a bigger impact on BYU than it does on Georgia, a team that said just kick it out of the end zone. So, so to me – there's going to be a lot of pressure on return guys. I think in practice, you're going to have to be timing things. And every time a kickoff return guy catches the ball, you have to go, that was 4.5. 
That was 4.2. That one was only 3.8. So the return guy, because he can't look at the guys running down, he has to have a timing mechanism in his head that goes, this is low enough that I can return it, or this is high enough that I have to fair catch it. You have to put smart kids back there now that, that can return kicks if you're, if, if you're going to return kicks. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on return, guys. I think a lot of teams are just going to go to the, you know, forget it then. Let's just kick it out of the end zone every time. Mm. And we'll see what Ed Lamb decides to do. Does he make a philosophical change because of the rule change or not? And how much will we see guys fair catching? Certainly, if it's a low kick that's a 3-5 hang time and you catch it at the 1, you want to return that. you got a great chance to get it out to the 30 or 35. That's a 4-5 hang time. You don't want to return it. You're going to be on your 12-yard line. And so a lot of pressure on return, guys. It's a rule that's put in to eliminate the most dangerous play in football. So I'm all for it. I mean, I've had boys play, and I've had, like Gavin's had two ACLs. One of his ACLs was covering a, covering a kick. And so it's, it's the most dangerous play in football, so I'm okay with it. I mean, people go, well, it's not traditional. That's okay with tradition me. Tradition is not if, a good reason if, to if, do if something. If tradition is a high-risk play, then let's get it out of the game. I'm completely fine with that. I, I wonder if we're going to see any situations where uh, someone's attempting to fair catch, guy doesn't even look, barrels into him going for the ball because it's essentially an onside kick, right? Uh, any kickoff past 10 yards. Right. So it could get weird at first. We'll yeah, it, it's we'll see. with everything, there's going to be time to adjust. And return guys making decisions, it'll be really interesting to see if guys make the right decisions on there. When to fair catch and when not to. Right. It's going to be a big deal. And, and, oh, I'm standing at the 26. I can't do that now. Like, right. oh, I, I thought it was at the Right, right. That little bloop kick. Yep. And you're going to train kickers, hey, if we're going to do the bloop kick, let's then they get to the 26. <laughs> now they're just going to go crazy high and then hold guys' arms down so they can't. No. It, it, know, it, it, it changes strategy, yeah. but it eliminates the guys running from, on a full sprint, colliding with one another. Concussions are higher there. Rotational contact injuries are higher there. It, it is the most – they've looked at it. They've looked at the data. The NCAA looked at the data. That's why they've made changes, and now they're making more changes. Yeah. They want to make the game safer for the players, and, and I'm – I'm all for it. Okay, well, Blaine, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Good to see you. Good to good see, see you, too. Bring, bring good, in the hammer. workout this morning? I'm going to come back. Oh, yeah, I got one in for sure. <laughs> but but I, I'm going to come back in, and we're going to do a whole show on musicals. A whole show, huh? Yeah, what? we can do it. Okay. Why don't we make no, the but show it'll be, a musical? It'll be how, but in a BYU sports context. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It'll be yeah. all about how yeah. musicals and sports the 2018 schedule. Go together. Yeah, Which good. team is what musical? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. It's coming yeah. up in like June. It. All right. <laughs> I'll start preparing now. Coming up, which BYU sport is more difficult to schedule, football or basketball, and why? We'll read your responses. Who is McNeese State in the musical chain, and what's the <laughs> chance the new BYU basketball assistant coach will be a name we haven't thought of? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation will broadcast live from the BYU Fan Fest in Mesa, Arizona, coming up on Saturday, May 5th at Pioneer Park from 11 to 1 local time. Also, Cougar fans, don't miss the Fan Fest this very weekend in Idaho Falls at Waterfront Park from 1 to 3 local time as well. I know Kevin Kindred's going to be there. It's going to be great. Welcome back. Jeremy and Jason and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand. You can catch the podcast on iTunes Google Play. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Matt Hadley announced he's coming back for another year, and he and his wife are having a kid. Those are both awesome. The senior <laughs> linebacker, we'll see what position he plays, has been granted a medical hardship waiver after being injured last year. That's good news for the BYU defense. Another experienced dude. 
The NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel approved altering kickoff rules to allow a fair catch inside the 25-yard line. It will now result in a touchback. I want to be on the undersight panel. Be like, you know what we're not looking at is this, this, and this. <laughs> Those are Come oversight on. people. They get all the attention. Come on. Portland Pilots defeat BYU Baseball 8-6 to win the series Saturday. BYU Baseball plays at Arizona tomorrow, setting the stage for the football team in how many days? Uh, one day away. Oh, I thought you were talking about the baseball tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow at 8 Eastern on one, BYU Radio. We're in the 130s now. It's like okay. 137. Okay, month-ish away from a hundred. I feel like I failed because I should have that internal in what regard? clock that I should know. Like, oh, it's this? my thing. Okay. It's my thing. It is your thing. It's my thing. I, I, I failed. The, you know who didn't fail? Maddie Matthews. She finished first in both the 100-meter and 200-meter races at the UCSD Triton Invitational. The throwers, by the way, traveled to Logan, where Leah Thompson, Sierra Freeland, and Elise Cuthbertson all recorded personal bests in their events. Hey, PRs are good. That's what's up. Sometimes life is about taking chances, so let's take one right now by playing What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks... What's the chance? What's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Ben Bagley gives us uh, something. We give it a percentage chance. So let's head to the control room with Ben. You teased it. Let's start there. What's the chance? The new BYU basketball assistant coach is a name we haven't heard or talked about yet. This is an interesting one to me. One that I've had a hard time coming up with a percentage. I'm going to say... I'll say 40%. I still think that the names that you have heard, there's a, there's a high probability. It's probably where it lands. But there's certainly a chance that there's, there's somebody, because we certainly don't know every roster and everybody who's available, I'll, I'll say 40%. Okay, yeah, I'll go a little lower than that, like 33%. Generally, the, the pool of BYU coaches and even players it's just a bit smaller yeah. due to the religious nature of uh byu obviously so cha- oh, yeah. although you do not have to be lds to be an assistant coach correct just generally uh that's the type of hire heath troyer not lds right takes the head coach job at mcneese state and there's been more kind of diversity in terms of uh lds or not lds at byu recently which i think is is uh, a good thing for everybody uh yeah i'll go like 33 percent chance number two What's the chance the new NCAA kickoff rule is a direct result of the Brady and Al-Bakri hit? Mm. <laughs> I would, the hit. I would, I would love to say that it's, it's high. It, it's probably not. This is, <laughs> it's not just one hit that they're saying because this one hit. Classic BYU thing. <laughs> yeah, give us credit. Hey, hey they've already. Like, they, American Express <laughs> is in the credit business, not BYU. Come on. Hey, there's already the, the, the Matt Reynolds rule for the helmet coming off and then making a tackle. They made that illegal. So now BYU is involved in two rule changes. Come on, now, I, I yeah, maybe yeah, five uh, percent, maybe, and that's probably five very is high. really high. I go zero point zero percent. There's no <laughs> chance. Although that contributes to the hit reel of you know, it, it, there's all kinds of data that goes into this one play from one dude. Like I love saying it. Like the ultimate comeback in our pre-show meetings. You know what? That's one guy saying one thing. Come on, <laughs> number three. You mean more like 500% chance that that's the case. That's the case. Oh, might be. Uh, number three, what's the chance the NCAA gets rid of kickoffs altogether? I think this is very high. I you think it's inevitable. I think, I think this is the way it's going. They've talked about this, not just college. They've talked about this in the NFL as well. 
I mean, this is not just a college football thing. This is football in general. I really believe that's something that's going to happen. I'm going to say, I'll say 78%. I, I think it's high. I think 0%. You will always have an onside kick option. You will always have that. Now, we discussed uh, one thing before the show is, what if you had to declare before? I declare. I declare. I declare bankruptcy, <laughs> Michael. That's not how it works. Uh, could you could you take the ball at the twenty five, or could you have the option to kick off, and it had to be onside? And you but to you try have and get to the tell ball. Them. You because, have to tell yes, them. Yes, because if you're down ten, and maybe we talked about this in the beginning of the show, I get it all mixed up. But if you're down ten with two minutes to go, and you score a touchdown with twenty eight seconds left, no timeouts, you have to be there able has to, to have. Yes. Uh, an option to kick an onside kick to get the ball back. They, they will they will work around that, but there kickoffs as we know it will change. Traditional kickoffs, yes, I think that there's a good chance. With kickoffs, you just have entirely, to kick it out untraditionally. You have to kick it backwards. Yeah, kick it backwards. Yeah, whatever whatever foot you are, kick it with the other foot. Yes, and then you Probably get ambidextrous not. kickers. Is there is there an amba something for feet that I don't know about with arms? Like I don't know. I don't know. We gotta look that up. Somebody will tweet in, I'm sure. Number four, a little setup on this one. BYU was ranked third by Forbes magazine as America's best value colleges. One and two were UCLA and Cal. What's the chance, according to this list, BYU be- belongs in the Pac-12? One hundred percent. BYU belongs in the Pac-12. One hundred percent. One hundred. I'm just glad that well. we made uh, we made the value menu. I love the a value, good value this is, menu. This is the dollar menu. No, it's not. There's Princeton on this list. There's UC Irvine. There's Cal. There's UCLA. These are quality uh, institutions. I understand of, that, of and I love the value higher menu. Higher learning and research. Research. What? I want BYU to be in the Pac-12 so bad. Like, uh, Big Twelve, Power Five. It is the one that makes the it's, most sense geographically, yes. regionally, uh, in terms of. History with schools, it it's, makes the most sense. I wish that Stanford, Cal, and BYU could figure it out because that's the real issue. Do you think it's BYU just issue. like forwards these emails on? Like when they get them announcing it, like, hey, look at this. Tom Homo used to coach at Stanford and Cal. Do yes. you think he's like forwarding these to people? Larry, to the office of Larry Scott. <laughs> look at this Forbes list. Yeah. I, when people talk about, yeah, BYU into a Power Five, tell me the Power Five they're getting into if it's not the Pac-12. The Big Ten? No, ACC, SEC. It's the conference it's the to be named later. Nothing. It's whatever the change is. That's the conference that BYU the, will get the in. The big not 10, 12 the, turns into? Yes, the, I don't know what we call it, but yes. BYU cannot be left out of this. I want to call it the swag For my own sanity. Number five. Last one today, the Boston Marathon going on in Massachusetts. What's the chance you could finish a marathon? Fourteen percent. I I don't like running without uh, a rim at the end of the court. Does that make sense? I like that running. I run That's a couple not miles a marathon, playing. by the way. The length from it's one not? rim to the other. It's not. No, it is not. Oh, dang it. Uh, yeah, I'll go like a low percent, like thirteen percent. I I have ambitions in the back of my mind to do certain things, like run a marathon. But I don't think I actually have the uh, strength. To do it, I Endurance. respect the heck. Oh yeah, at the mental strength too. I mean, physically, there is one thing. The people that run marathons are incredible, 
Inc- I respect the heck out of people that run marathons. And that's, that is, believe it or not, wait, look, I have never run a marathon. So, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm an expert here, but I would think that running a marathon, as much as it's physical, it is so much more mental. The push through what yes. your body is. Yes. Saying, here's, here's, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this a step further. What's the chance that I could finish a marathon? Zero. What is the chance that I would start a marathon? Zero. <laughs> I had a friend named Cody Lee who did not train for a marathon and one day just ran one. He could not walk for a week after. <laughs> that is one of the craziest things I've ever Why heard. would you never run one and then well, just run one? But I, I'm like, dude, that is one of the most incredible feats I've ever heard of. You That's just like, went? I've never flown an airplane. But you know what? I'm going to hop in the cockpit and fly an airplane. What are you doing? <laughs> but he finished the marathon. That's crazy. Coming up, we take a trip to the minor leagues in the Cougar Whip Around. Cold pizza and on a bus? What kind, of, what kind of transport are we taking? And is men's volleyball in or out in the latest bracketology? This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number one seed, BYU men's volleyball, hosting six-seed USC Thursday night in the MPSF semifinals at the Smith Fieldhouse. You can watch live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time with Jerem Jordan, Steve Vale, and Lauren McLean. Should the Cougars win that, they'll host the MPSF final. Well, they'll host regardless, but they would play the MPSF final against uh, the winner of UCLA and Concordia Irvine. Saturday night. I would imagine uh, Thursday night at the Smithfield House will be quite rowdy. It's gonna be. It's gonna be rowdy, y'all. <laughs> Check it out. Our question of the day: Which BYU sport is more difficult to schedule, football or basketball? At Colonel underscore James eighty three, with Independence in football with no conference, it's more difficult to build a complete schedule with not only the right strength of teams for both home and away, but also throughout the course of the season. At some point, I'm going to answer the question for you on the air, what a complete schedule looks like in my mind, because I've said this is too tough. I realize it's a challenge to schedule for BYU football. You don't know, you don't know when people are available and trying to get them in. One thing I know is that it's never going to be balanced or strong throughout. It can be more balanced, right. but there will always be imbalance because, generally speaking, Power 5 schools have non-conference games available in September. The Pac-12... Uh, has this week in November where they play some non-conference games. If they ha- USC plays Notre Dame, that's a traditional game. So then some other people, some other teams play. I realize that it's tough to balance it. I don't want too hard of a schedule for BYU, generally speaking, like one or two fewer Power Fives a year, and then call it good. No one is holding BYU's feet to the fire to strengthen their schedule. Look, I... I- I think regardless of whether BYU is in a conference or staying independent, I still think that it is football. Even if BYU had six games already on the schedule because they're in a conference, it would still be football. I mean, there's certainly it adds a degree of difficulty with independence, but I don't think it changes whether it's football or basketball. This one from uh, at Keeter's Braith W2. Football is way harder to schedule because you have to schedule all of your toughest games at the beginning of the year. Well, now, BYU does, obviously, because of the independent situation. Basketball, you have a conference schedule that makes it easier. Uh, Nick Lee, 51, argues for basketball. Here we go. 
basketball because we have conference limitations and teams are tied up in preseason tournaments. It's not hard to schedule in football. What? Uh, it's just these tough independent schedules are making it hard for BYU to stay relevant. Uh, the preseason tournaments uh, are by choice. Uh, you can play in those. And then uh, we have conference limitations. There are limitations in that, uh, you know, BYU played nine quad four games last year in conference. So there's a bunch of bad games in league for BYU. Now, you're hoping that, and we asked Dave Rose on Thursday, will BYU, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga all play each other for several years? Will they not have to be just a home or just a road game for a while? He said he didn't know. If I'm the league in San Bruno, I'm not, I'm not having those the, the big three uh, play each other. I'm having BYU play St. Mary's and Gonzaga twice for at least the first seven years Well, I mean, it, this. It, it, it takes advantage of being able to play those. It helps with your strength of schedule. It helps with your RPI. It, and then you do that and then add two more teams that have a high RPI. That's what you're looking for. That's what this schedule gives you the opportunity to do. And maybe that's what's going to happen. It just hasn't gotten that far down the road. But you have to think they've at least discussed that. You and I cannot be the only ones that have thought of that. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. In football, generally, a, a team is playing a conference schedule of eight or nine games. They have three or four games to figure out. For BYU, they have 12 games. Tom Hummel every year is going, what are we doing? I've got to project who's good, who's not, road, home, what ESPN is asking and offering. Uh, yet I'm trying to sell tickets. Yet I'm trying to be attractive and stay relevant. It is hard to balance. I, I totally get that with BYU football. Coming up, there is so much to get to in the whip. There really is. There, there's, there's a, a lot. lot going on. Stay tuned for this, including volleyballer Taylor Sander did work in Italy, Cougars in the minors, tons of stuff coming up in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, Amy Daughters from FB Schedules. Don't call her a daughter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well played. Well played. From FBSchedules.com. Also, between the lines on the program tomorrow. In the meantime, a very busy whip. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. Why don't you do the whole thing? Is any better? I will not <laughs> do that. In their latest NCAA tournament projections off the block has BYU as the two seed getting a first round by the NCAA selections for men's volleyball is coming up on Sunday. His Italian club to its second straight, it didn't work, its second straight league final. Sander led the team 15 points in the semifinal match win yesterday. You could say he was the better man. Football. Matt Hadley announced he's coming back for another year. The senior linebacker has been granted a medical hardship waiver after being injured last season. The NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel, because there's so much oversight, approves altering kickoff rules to allow a fair catch inside the 25 to result in a touchback. And ESPN reporter Mike Triplett reports that Tomasi Laulile will visit with the New Orleans Saints today. Baseball. BYU baseball losing at Portland 8-6. to The Pilots won that series two games to one. BYU will play Arizona tomorrow in Tucson. You can listen on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Golf. Countdown the Wildcats is at 1. Both teams are ranked 40th in golf, men and women. They begin play today in the West Coast Conference Golf Championships in California. Swimming and diving. Sophomore Levi Jensen finished 8th in the men's 50-meter breaststroke at the TYR Pro Swim Series. 
tennis. BYU was swept on the road by number nine Pepperdine. This is the women's team, four nothing on Saturday. And the men's team ended regular season with a four one win versus Pepperdine on Saturday. The Cougars will compete in the WCC tournament April twenty fifth through the twenty eighth in California. Cougars in the minors. Triple A. Jacob Bregman one for three with a stolen base as the Norfolk Tides beat the Syracuse Chiefs. Taylor Cole pitched three innings, giving up three hits and earned run, and struck out three as the Salt Lake Bees beat the Albuquerque Isotopes. It's up there. It's out there and it's gone. Yes. And in double A, Brendan Lund recorded a hit run and two RBIs as the Mobile Bay Bears beat Jacksonville 13 to 3. Now, ja- Jacksonville, that was uh, Colton Mahoney's team. That is indeed. Uh, also, Adam Law, two hits and scored a run yesterday for the Arkansas Travelers as they lost to the Corpus Christi Books in extra innings. That final was 10 to 7. Rugby. I love minor league mascots, man. They're awesome. BYU defeated Arkansas State in the first round of the playoffs Saturday. The Cougars host Penn State Saturday at Southfield. Lacrosse. The women's team picked up a 17-9 victory over Colorado. The men's team defeated Colorado State 15-6. Track and field. Maddie Matthews, Mitch's elite wife, uh, finished first in both the 100 and 200 at the UCSD Triton Invitational. The throwers traveled to Logan, where Leah Thompson, Sierra Freeland, and Elise Cuthbertson all recorded personal best in their event. Softball. The Cougars beat Pacific 9-0 on Saturday. Lexi Taro goes 2-for-3 three with three RBIs and two runs. Also, uh, Carissa Viramontes was just named the WCC Softball Pitcher of the Week. Viramontes pitched 16 innings in three games without giving up a hit. Today's Rise and Chow brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Maddie Matthews with an elite performance, taking first in the 100 and 200. Our question of the day, which BYU sport is more difficult to schedule, football or basketball? The elite tweet goes to at CL underscore living. From my point of view as a fan watching, wanting to watch it all on TV, it doesn't matter and if there's a conflict on my schedule. Isn't that why DVRs were invented? One of the greatest inventions in the history of the world. It is. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand at BYUSN.com. The audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Lloyd Jacobson. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time, baby.